0: A few weeks ago, I was sharing, I shared a message called, um, uh, I don't know, it was on fullness. Do y'all remember that? We were talking about how Paul said, I'm going to forget the things that are behind me and I'm going to press on to the prize, the upward call. I'm, and, and I made a few statements. One of them was this, was, um, one of them was, in a vehicle, your rear view mirror is a lot smaller than your windshield. And it's almost like a prophetic picture of where we are in life and how God's saying, I don't want you to be focused on all the things in the back where you look, you're look you always looking back at things that didn't happen or disappointments or, you know, stuff like that. But I want you to look forward to what I have for you, you know. Uh, I've, all, I've, I've shared this, you know, before. I don't know if you remember it or not, but I'll just share it. It bears repeating. But... Um, I used to, uh, I used to uh, race dirt bikes like motocross, and so had so much fun with that. I love motorized sports, and I love that kind of stuff. And one of the biggest things was when, when you're coming into a scenario where ter- the terrain is a little iffy, you don't, look, you don't look right in front of where you don't want to go. You look ahead to where you want to go because your, your bike will always go where you're looking. So if, if, you're, if you're doing this, even when you're driving, if you're, like, looking like this, a lot of times you'll notice if you, if you keep your gaze over here over your shoulder, your vehicle's going to go that way, right? And uh, this was funny. I, I don't know who was with me. I think some people from here. We were, we were down at the lake. Yeah, I, I don't know if Ken and Jen were there. Were you guys there when I hit the rhubarb? I don't know. Anyway, so we we came to this creek crossing. There were a bunch of us out We had quads and dirt bikes and stuff, and there was this creek crossing, and it didn't look like much, and uh, but you had to kind of you kind of had to hop over it in order to get across it, and uh, in my head, I'm thinking, now, don't go there, because you could see the hole, there's water and mud, and I didn't know how deep the mud was, and so I'm looking, I'm like, don't go, in my head, I'm saying this, now, don't go there, but yet, I fixed my gaze on that very spot where I didn't want to go, I rip it across the creek, boom, hit the rhubarb, the bike endos, and I fall off in the mud, and it's like, I mean, it wasn't hurtful or anything like that, it's just a little, maybe, hurtful to my pride, because I should have been able to, like, easily go over that, you see, my point is this in life and and when we're pursuing God uh, we need to look to where we want to go and and fix our gaze on what he's calling us to, not to the distractions or what I don't want to do or that kind of thing. You hear what I'm saying? So we were talking about that. We are talking about fullness and how um, there needs to be a hunger inside of us that would say, I'm not satisfied with where I am right now. I'm, I know he's calling me onward and upward, and that's where I want to go. That's where I want to fix my gaze, you know? Paul said it like this. He said... Fix your gaze on the unseen for the things that are seen are temporal, but the unseen are eternal, right? And you've heard us talk about this. The, the realm of God's kingdom, the supernatural realm of his kingdom, is more real than the chair you're sitting on right now. Yeah. And uh, so, whew, so I want to I wanna look at a couple things here in Scripture. Have you have your Bibles with me, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 32, and uh, I want us to look at something, then, then last week when I shared, I shared a message, um, I took a little break from the fullness chat, but I shared a message that uh, my scars are my testimony. And talked about how we need to allow the Lord to deal with our issues that we have, because we all have issues, you know, just look at your neighbor and say, you got some issues. <laughs> and, then, and then tell them, but you're being healed, you're being healed. So what happens is, we, we talked about this, we talked about Paul, how uh, Paul is addressing the Corinthians, and he's saying you know um there were there were some false teachers, false prophets, false apostles that were coming in, and they were trying to get them off of the track that Paul had them on originally and Paul was saying, "Man, you don't need to add to this this work of grace with a bunch more works and legalism. it's a free gift, you pursue him, and then they were also like fleecing the sheep and wanting you know a bunch of money from them and all that stuff. so Paul gets up and he you know he says there he says there, you know you know they're sure they're Hebrews." They're they're, uh, sons of Abraham. I am too. He goes on this. And then he goes into this, this litany of all these factors to verify his apostleship. And he talks about how many times he was beaten, how many times he was put in prison, how many times he was cold and without food, and all those different things. All those scenarios that he had that were very, very difficult. But he didn't, and, and I, I likened that I said, you know, we're not necessarily going to be shipwrecked, okay? However, I don't know if anyone's got a cruise plan for the, for the winter or not. But um, not, that, not that those would be like the marks of our, our, our follower, being followers of Jesus. But Paul did say in Galatians, he says, I bear in my body... I bear in my body the marks that show that I belong to Jesus, right? And so what I was saying though last week was that it's not just about the marks like um, that you're going to have physical marks necessarily, but it's about allowing God to heal issues that we have. We talked about rejection. We talked a bit about fear. We talked about, um, I don't know what else we talked about. We talked about a lot of stuff, but the point was... When when a wound a wound is different than a scar. So when we're when we're wounded, when we feel rejection from somebody, we, we take on rejection, that can cut and wound us. But we don't want to stay that way. We want to allow the Lord to heal that rejection. So that the wound is no longer there, but we're going to have a—you're going to have a scar. You're not going to necessarily forget about the pain that was caused, but it's not—the scars don't hurt anymore. You see, there was evidence that there was a wound there. It's not a wound anymore; it's a scar. And the the word was, "My scars are my testimony, not my wounds are my testimony. My scars are my testimony." And so uh, we know that the the um, uh, the the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So when I tell someone, hey, brother, sister, I've been there. I, I've experienced rejection. I've experienced fear. I've experienced this kind of stuff. But God's actually set me free. And and am not saying I'm never going to experience rejection again, but at least now I have some tools to deal with that. And so then I can help encourage someone so that what I experience breakthrough in, they can as well. You see, it's prophetic. It's ongoing. Woo-wee. But in Numbers, cha- or sorry, Genesis chapter 32, uh, we see here, there's this, there's this scenario, and I mentioned this uh, last week as well, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we get to Jacob, Abraham has a promise, I will bless you and multiply you, Isaac has a promise, I will bless you and multiply you, Jacob has a promise, I will bless you. And then after Jacob had this encounter with the Lord, where he wrestled with God, he wrestled with God. And when he wrestled with him, it says that the angel of the Lord, which we know is the Lord, uh, touched the hip of his socket. So, and and it was like, it wasn't until after he experienced uh, like a a wound or a a scar, as it were, that he, then the Lord says, now I'm going to multiply you, which is quite interesting. Now, okay, so in this scenario, I want you to think, we're going to look at kind of two things, but... One thing is this, Old Testament, and I still believe there's truth to this, I believe the New Testament is a f- f- fulfillment of the Old Testament, however, the Old Testament isn't obsolete, but I see something here that happens in the life of, of, of Jacob, where you can read it, it says here, it says, verse 22, but he rose up that same night, took his two wives, his two women servants, and 11 sons, and passed over the ford of, J- uh, of Jabbok, Jabbok. And he took them and he sent them across the brook. And he sent over all that he had. And Jacob was left alone. Somebody say alone. Alone. And a man, capital M, meaning, you know, the Lord wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And Jacob's thigh was put out of joint. So as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go for days breaking. But Jacob said, and this is, this is the, the thing that, um, uh, I, what I'm talking about when we say fullness, when we have like unfulfilled promises, we've got like prophetic destiny, we've got things that we feel God's put in our heart to walk in. I think in this sense, we need to have an attitude like Jacob, in this sense here, where he said this, he said, he said this, he said, Let me go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. Okay? So, in other words, Jacob had something inside, a hunger inside, that said, I'm not going to let go until I receive what I've been believing for and that I have promised on my life. I'm not letting go. And so in that sense, I think there's got to be a fire inside of us that would say, I'm not satisfied with the way things are right now, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm hanging on to you, God, in a sense, not in a striving way, but in a determined saying, and I call it like fighting for the fullness. You have to fight for the fullness sometimes. You have to be determined inside that no matter what people say or what people do or society's doing, you're saying, no, 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 no. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Like, we're going for it. I don't care if no one else is going. I'm going. I'm not going to settle for anything less than everything that you have for me, God. Right? And so there's got to be that in, in us, okay? And I understand this is... The, The contrast, though, in the the Old Testament is Jacob does that. But then in the New Testament, we see Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, in Christ, he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Okay? So now there's this thing. There's this fullness that God's blessed us with in Christ, and we know that we're in him because it's in him that I live, and in him that I move, and it's in him that I have my being. So in that sense, we don't need to wrestle God for something that he's already given us, but he he also talks, Paul also talks about how we need to labor into rest, you know, labor into that place of, yeah. I receive it. I, I I got it. I got it. You know. What I mean? So it's almost con- it's it could sound a bit contradictory. What are you talking about, Trev? You're saying on one hand you need to fight for something, and on the other hand you just you've already got it all, and that's a bit of a conundrum for some of us. But I when I when I say this, every spiritual bless like everybody has access. Every believer has access to the fullness of heaven. Okay. He's blessed us with every not just some spiritual blessings but every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus and he says, "You are in Christ, so the blessing is in Christ, so it's not that we're fighting for something that we don't have, it's for contending, and that's even a word that sometimes is a bit <sighs> overused maybe yeah it's but it's we're 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 I guess the, the word I'm trying to, to say here is when we're fighting for the fullness, like Jacob said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Well, now we have the blessing inside, but there is a fight of our will and our emotion and, our, and, and circumstance and that sort of thing that we, have to, we actually have to put up a fight for this. You know? And Paul does say, he says, uh, you know, fight the good fight. Go for it. Keep on going for it, right? So you hear what I'm saying? There's two things. We have the fullness already. Everyone has access to the fullness Colossians says that the fullness of the Godhead deity dwelt in Christ. And then he goes on and says, and he's in you. So we have a fullness, but we just need to not be satisfied to live in anything but the fullness if we're going to see that manifest in our lives. You know what I mean? So in a sense, we, we, we still fight, like we still contend, but it's not like we're contending to try to get something. We're contending to live out what we already have. Okay? So it's a little bit different. But anyway, but this is really cool because what happens is in the middle of all this, so Jacob's wrestling and he says, I'm not going to let go. And then the man asked him, what's your name? And this was just like, this was so crazy because Jacob knew what his name meant. Okay? Here, here's, and let's just keep reading. He says, what's your name? And uh it says, in shock and realization, whispering, he said, so Jacob, because of his name that he had, he was, he was embarrassed by it, he knew what his name meant, and he had some issues with that, and he said, he said, um, Jacob, which means supplanter, it means schemer, trickster, swindler, like it's not, that's not a real good name to have, you know what I mean? You know, you know Proverbs says that a good name is better than riches, Right? And so, but in this case here, uh, Jacob's going, oh, my name My name means swindler. It means trickster. It means deceiver. Like, that's what my name means, you know. <laughs> why did you have to ask me? Like, you really want to get into all the junk in the trunk? Like, why would you go there? I'm saying, I want the fullness. What's your name? And uh, there's something about this that that I think is key in stepping into walking in fullness, okay? So the name speaks of identity. Your name, people were named for, especially in Bible times, there was a name that was given to somebody and it meant so much more than just like a a title. It really spoke to the core of their identity. Names often related to uh, who that person was, uh, what their nature was. It was like their identity. So just nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking about identity, Okay, so, so Jacob now is saying, I want the fullness, but I'm embarrassed about my identity. I have an identity crisis, because that's, my name means I'm a trickster, I'm a deceiver. It's like, oh, oh. And so he has this revelation, and then, and then it says this, and he said, and then right after that, bam, just like that, verse 28, and he, the Lord said, your name shall no longer, no more be called Jacob, supplanter, swindler, whatever, but Israel, contender with God for you have contended and have uh, and have power with God and with men and have prevailed so there's something that takes place his name is changed and it's interesting if you flip over your your bible your I don't know in mine it's the next page but I don't know where yours is go to genesis um, 35 God is so intent on names and and identity and what he's saying is he's saying the fullness you've asked for you're going to have but it's not going to come in the identity that you currently have i always see god has these promises and god will always he always every prophetic word that god speaks speaks to potential it's a potential it's got breakthrough in the word it's, it's in itself, it has the word is alive to bring breakthrough and it speaks to potential. So, but th- there's this wrestling that takes place. I, I know it doesn't happen to you, but sometimes I'll get a word about something and I'll be like, whoa, that's really exciting and so great and so amazing. But mm, I'm T-Dog, I'm Trevor, I'm, do you understand what I'm saying? I know this, I'm not speaking to anyone here today, I know. Maybe it's somebody online that will watch later. <laughs> because we're so aware of our identity, but every time God speaks a word about fullness or what he has for you, he doesn't look at you in your current state and say, you're a swindler, you're a deceiver. No, no, no. He says, I've got a different name for you. In fact, in fact, the Bible does talk about that. Us as believers, we get a, there's a new name. We get a new name. Come on. And so, but you see in, in Genesis, another story here in Genesis chapter 35, uh, verse uh, 15, it says here, it says, um, so Jacob wrestled with the angel, and he called that place uh, Bethel, house of God, where, where, where God talked with him. And they journeyed from Bethel, and they were but a little way to go to Ephrath, okay? Now this is kind of cool, because the word Ephrath means fruitful, so here they are, they're, they're going from Bethel, which which is really beginnings in Christ, okay? It's this place of uh, revelation of identity. It's this place of revelation of Christ with Jacob. And so he's, he's gone on from his revelation of beginnings of Christ and now he's moving, he's almost a fruitful. <laughs> he's almost a fruitful, but something happened. It says there, it says that, And Rachel, when Rachel, they're almost the fruitful, and Rachel suffered the pangs of childbirth and hard labor. And when she was in hard labor, the midwife said to her, don't be afraid, for you shall have this son also. And as her soul was departing, for she died, she called his name Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. So in the middle of this process where she's getting to fruitful, but she's not quite a fruitful, she has some hard labor. And in that pain and the hard labor, she doesn't speak to the potential and the promise. She actually curses this child. And she calls this child, the name was, son of my sorrow. And I want to encourage you this morning, that as you're coming into a place of fullness, And fighting for fullness in your own life, for fulfillment and destiny and what God's called you to in prophetic words. As you're fighting into fullness and you go through some hard labor, I would just encourage you, don't be like Rachel who died before she got to fruitful. And as she's dying, she calls him, son of my sorrow. But there's something else, and this is a picture of what God does in your situation and mine. He goes there, and he, he, he looks. It says, her soul is departing. And then it says, as her soul is departing, her name will be son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin. Woo-hoo! He changed his name. What does Benjamin mean? It means son of my right hand, son of blessing. <laughs> There's something about God changing your name to get you into what He's called you to. So your identity of who you are right now, there, you're going to go through. Anytime you get closer to your destiny, I'm I'm sure, but I mean I've just speaking from personal experience. There's always an identity crisis along the way. It's like God, who who, have, you know, who are you calling me to be? What, what what's my name? You know, what's my, and so another story. You know the story if you look in. Uh, if you go to, you can go there if you want, but in, um, well, Genesis 17, previous to that, you know, the story of Abram, same thing. God's promise comes, and and he, God says to him, he says, your name is no longer going to be called Abram, but Abraham. It's not going to be Sarai, it's going to be Sarah, and because the name was identified with the potential. The name was identified with the promise, and some of you need to go through a bit of a name change allow the Lord to change your name and you would line yourself up with the identity of who he calls you so you can get into the fruitful and then and then uh, you see it again in in Matthew chapter 16 uh, verse 16 where Peter you know Jesus is asking the guys he's like who, who do people say that I am and uh, they go through this whole thing and then Peter stands up and he says, truly you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You know, And, and uh, Jesus said to him, he said, uh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So in other words, you've tuned into a frequency here, uh, beyond the natural, <clears throat> and that's where you're going to live. That's where you're going to discover everything you have to discover. And so he says to me, he says, Simon Barjona... Or Simon, son of Jonah, son of John, whatever however you want to translate it. Simon, and that name there, you've heard me say before, the word Simon meant uh, a reed, easily swayed. You know, it was someone, it was like, you're, you, his name literally meant you're a pushover. But then what does Peter or what does Jesus do? Jesus said, "But your name shall no longer be." So there was a name change because there was a fullness that God had planned for him. He says, "Your name shall no longer be Simon, your name shall be Peter," which means Petros, rock. It's the exact opposite of his natural name that he was given at birth. So there's a name change. And so when when you're fighting for fullness, I think a big key is this is when the Lord starts to put his hand and his finger on your heart of your identity, you need to discover who you are. You see, in, you see there in, 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 uh, in Genesis with Jacob, it was interesting. It was, he dealt with three things. He dealt with the, the, the name, the name, and the fame. And uh, I want to encourage us this morning that as we fight for fullness... As we, as we labor into going for everything God has for us, it's not connected to your current identity. Like, like your natural identity, I should say. Because I know I know many of us have had a name change. I get that. I know that many of you have discovered that too. You've discovered that, hey, I'm not who I used to be. You might call me that, but that's actually not what my father calls me, you know. Your history might be, oh, I had a rough go. I had some financial problems. But my name says I'm blessed and highly favored. In him, he's blessed me with everything, you know? Uh, you could look and do a credit check on some people, and you could see their history of their financial things. But yet, when you come before the Lord, God touches your life, he changes your name, and he says, as far as the east is from the west, I've removed your transgressions. All things are new. You're actually a new creation. So stop living after the old. Right? Well, that sounds really easy, doesn't it? I mean, it just sounds so easy. But that's the thing. Uh, I get, and part of me, I'll just, I'll say this. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I said this before. The only thing that satisfies me is that I'm dissatisfied. And that's not an original. I think maybe Smith Wigglesworth might have said it, but I heard that one time years and years ago, and I'm so, I'm just so, yeah. And so I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm dissatisfied. What am I dissatisfied? I'm dissatisfied with the fullness that I'm not seeing in my life. But I'm not going to live in that dissatisfaction. I'm not going to live in that disappointment. Because it's not like disappointment. It's, I know there's more and I want to manifest more in my life. But it doesn't come through just sitting back and being, oh, I'll never receive that. I'll never have that. There's got to be a connection between what God's promised and what he sees and what I see. What you see is what you get. So where are you looking? All right. Ah. Let's just, go, let's just go to Ephesians chapter 1. And then I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I didn't want to share long this morning because I want to get the chance to get some testimonies and get some ministry time. Um, and I don't have a watch up here or a phone or anything. Okay, we're good then. Where am I going? Ephesians chapter 1. So here's the fullness now in the New Testament. I mentioned earlier, but I want to read it to us. It says, verse 3, May blessing... Be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Isn't that awesome? Everything. So, so in one sense, there's, but, but I, in one sense, it's like there's not this wrestling. We don't. Know, it's not that we have to wrestle now so much to get what we, we've got. It. We've got the fullness. But now we just have to work this out with, I believe, with our identity and stepping into the fullness, aligning ourselves with the fullness, aligning our confession with the fullness, aligning our our, our vocabulary, our lifestyle, preparing for what the fullness could look like. Uh, on Friday night, I, I, I was, it was funny because we, we actually, before the conference happened um, uh, in Toronto, I mean, it was the 25th anniversary and... And uh, I felt the Lord just spoke to me and said, you just need to relax at home, lay low at home, spend time with Mel and the kids, and, you know, send the team to go to Toronto, but you guys, you don't need to go, you know. And I was really wrestling with that. I'm like, oh, come on, I really want to go because it would be great fun and da 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 but in the middle of it, it was so funny that, uh, so we, we, we forewent it and said, okay, we're, we're not going to go. We didn't book any tickets or anything. Stayed home, and uh, it was great. We had, uh, we had a day of snowmobiling one day, an evening of snowmobiling one night, two movie nights with my wife, wings and stuff. So it was an amazing week, you know, for us, really. It was great. And uh, that was good. But then we also watched online the conference. And so I'm watching the conference online, and I'm laughing because I'm going, Amen, amen, amen. Like the stuff that was being said, I'm going, man, I just, I, I've said that. Like we're, this is, like we're, so for, as, as a leader in a church, we felt like, hey, I think we're tracking okay here. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're doing okay here. One of the things, the first things that Bill Johnson talked about, if you haven't watched them, you can go online and watch them for free. It's great. Um, but one of the things he said was, he talked about revival, but he also talked about reformation. And, uh, and it was, it was uh, probably three years ago now where the Lord spoke to my heart and I shared it publicly. I said, why would, you, why would you settle for revival when I've promised reformation? And revival being just like a fire and that's all good and stuff. But, and I shared how I felt that revival in a sense is like uh, God's welfare system. How revival, it's like revival being, uh, a good definition would be, uh, it's the inrush of the Holy Spirit into a body that's threatening to become a corpse. So God will revive things. God will bring fresh life into situations that are almost dead or even dead. He'll revive them with like a fire, boom, like that kind of thing, but it's it's not just a flash in the pan that's that, that that's just an ongoing flash in the pan. There's a purpose to it. Just like welfare is was was not intended for people just to stay on welfare. I feel that reformation is something different than revival, where revival is like fire, 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 amazing, 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 but but reformation is an ongoing lifestyle of kingdom come, will be done in the earth as it is in heaven, you know, like seeing that happen, right? So I, I, but I'm a revivalist, I am a revivalist, like birthed in revival, changed in revival, but not satisfied just to have another, you know, 21 nights or extended meetings or this or that. We want to see transformation. And that's reformation, a reforming of culture, of society, right? And so I would just say this. So just like welfare was introduced to help people that were in the gutter down and out to get back on their feet so that they could become contributing members of society. It wasn't meant to have somebody stay on welfare. I'm not bashing anyone that is on assistance. Listen, if you need assistance, you receive it in Jesus' name. But that's not God's, the fullness is not welfare. The fullness is not being on social assistance, okay? The fullness is to step into greater destiny and purpose and transformation, all right? So you understand what I'm saying? Love revival. I mean, I'm personally, I, since revival touched our lives, we haven't come out of revival. It's kind of like it just, it's, it's burning, it's growing, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm not satisfied to stay I'm just not satisfied to see a couple people healed on a Sunday morning. I'm not satisfied to see a few people set free. I'm not satisfied to see somebody encounter the Lord, pray for them, they fall over, they encounter the Lord, and then they get up. I'm not satisfied with that. I want to see transformation beyond a moment encounter. Even the word encounter itself, I mean, I love the word encounter, but the word encounter by definition, has almost like a one-off, like a, and that's part of it. I mean, how do you like the new logo, by the way? Yeah, so Catch the Fire went through a whole rebranding process, and, and there were some, some words, and some, and some fonts, and all this kind of stuff, but the main thing is, is that the big thing is, and you've heard us talk about it, uh, three words, encounter, uh, presence and transformation. Those are three words that you're going to hear, obviously, more. We talk about it all the time. But even the word encounter, so I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing encounter. But if you think about that, have the, Jacob had an encounter, okay? He had this encounter. A few times he encountered the Lord. It was marked by the encounter. I believe God wants to encounter his kids, 100%. But then in Ephesians, it talks about, I'm blessed in him, in him, in him. It's speaking of an ongoing, 100%, 24-7 awareness of union. And and union doesn't speak of one-off. Union is full-time, all the time, every time, everywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I love the encounters, but my life is not based on encounters. My life is marked by encounters, but I want to take it to, I just want to live in union. So the fullness that I'm fighting for is to live in the awareness of the union 24-7. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hopefully that comes across right, because I don't want you to twist it and take it, because you're going to hear us talking about encounter, and we love that. But, ha, huh. so there's a fullness, there's a, there's a, there's a wrestling, there's a, a name change, identity. To step into your fullness, the identity needs to be who He sees you as you are. Do you really know how God sees you? When you encounter something, a situation that's uh, contrary to the word that the Lord has on your life, that's when you do like, like Paul said to Timothy. He said, I want you to fight and wage warfare with the word spoken over you. You can use that prophetic word as, as a, as a, to war over your life. Instead of, instead of saying, uh, oh, and, and looking in the natural, that's where it's like, in the middle of that, the, here's where the fight is. No, 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 no. I'm in him and he's in me. Whew ah, I'm in him. He's blessed. I'm just going to be aware. I'm going to fight for the awareness of where I really am so that I'd manifest from that realm to this realm. And my identity in that realm is a lot different than my current situation in this realm. But I'm just going to rest in that. Ah, In the name of Jesus.